What is up, Kings fans, and welcome to another edition of the Return of the War podcast. Actually, I'm thinking about it right now. I shouldn't address them as Kings. We, we might be losing people as Kings fans. I'm just going to say Return of the Roar podcast fans. Welcome back uh, to another episode of the Return of the Roar podcast uh, with me, Chris Watkins. And he is currently uh, on leave at Sports 1140 for an inappropriate IG live video that <laughs> went viral over the weekend. Frankie Cardicelli. Frankie, what uh, do you have to say for yourself? My name is actually Paul Pierce. I'm sorry, Paul. Paul address Pierce. me. Address yeah. me as Paul Pierce. As, as uh, the as, uh, the truth. The truth. I am the truth. Um, for those who didn't get that reference, just Google Paul Pierce, and you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, do not Google Evan Fournier. Do not last Google name. Evan Fournier. Do not Google Evan Fournier. I mean, things are bad enough for everyone right now, but <laughs> we don't. Do uh, that. I'm doing pretty bad. I mean, I'm honestly. I I woke up this morning. I thought I was going to be miserable and upset and angry and. And it's just funny because last night going into the game, it just felt it just felt like it never felt like they were going to win. And the, the D'Lo news came out about how D'Angelo Russell was returning after the first time in twenty six games. Uh, how did you feel going into the last night into last night's game? Because I personally just did not feel the Kings had a, sh- a shot. Like I didn't see it happening. I didn't see a win coming out of it. I don't know. It just it never felt good for me once I saw the D'Lo news come out. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, Minnesota's been playing the best basketball. I mean, this isn't saying much because Minnesota, what, that was their 13th win of the season. But uh, Minnesota's been playing better recently. Yeah, uh, they've, won two of, they've won two of their last four, which exactly. is which, playing 500 over like a four-game stretch is a big deal for them. Yes. So, you know, they're, pl- they're, they're playing better, uh, which is perfect for when you're going to go against the Kings. That's It, it was just all lining up perfectly for... For uh, for the Kings to lose, and I mean it, it would have it would have been surprising to me if they won. Honestly, I, now that I'm thinking about it, like I really, I don't go into games with expectations anymore. I go in looking at the circumstances and kind of giving it a. Well, I guess I, whatever. I, I give it more of like a percentage odds of like what how what, what odds do I give the Kings of winning today? And like it was probably thirty five percent. I don't know. Um, no. To give you, no, and, I, and you know, and they came, especially with just the way they've been playing. I mean, it's been they they haven't had a shot in any of these these four the four game losing streak that they're on. It's just been really really terrible basketball to watch. And I honestly don't blame people if they've decided to start turning it off, just well, because it's almost inconsistency is almost the most infuriating thing you can have for a team where you just don't know what you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. At least we kind of can expect a night-to-night based off of how the team is streaking currently. But, um, you know, I was we were talking in the uh, the pre-production of this show, like, would you be surprised if, in, if next week or something or if in two weeks it's a completely – I mean, how many times has that happened this season? I mean, where one week we come in and we're like, oh, the team sucks, and then – They'll go on a four-game streak. They, they're the they're the kings, no pun intended. They're the they're the kings of of winning three in a row, losing four in a row, or winning five in a row, maybe losing five in a row. They they take two two steps forward and three steps back so often. They see they're twenty two and twenty nine, but they've had a nine game losing streak. They've had two winning streaks of five or four games. Uh, they they're about to have their second longest losing streak of the year if they lose tomorrow. 
I think already isn't four their second longest already. I think. I th- uh, well, yeah, they went on the nine earlier, and uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, they lost three in a row. Would be, uh, no, they lost one. I think two. Four would be tied. They right? lost four in a row yeah. in uh, January when they lost to Portland, the Clippers, New Orleans. That was a rough stretch. Remember that? That was when we yeah. were five and six, and they lost four in a row, and then uh, that was right before. Yeah, they, then they, then got, they got the Knicks win, and then the two Grizzlies postponed games. Then they won six of eight, and then they lost nine in a row. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, the last time the Kings won four straight, which they won five straight uh, this week, last peak, this last uh, week, uh, they lost nine in a row. So that's that's our track record. The only other time we won four in a row, we lost nine in a row right after. And here we are just a week after, you know, the momentum seemed to be fully swinging our way. We were a half game back of the 10th spot. All we needed to do was beat the Lakers without AD and LeBron, and the Kings had sole possession of the 10th spot. It's just... I think a lot of people are frustrated right now, as you should be, because the people that wanted to tank and, and sell, hey, you know what? You're not wrong. It's just this is what Monty McNair decided to do, and it might have been the wrong move, but when it comes down to it, this is the team that's going to be out there every night until it's not. And uh, as of today, the 6th of April, the Kings have 21 games left. They're in. They're exactly where we dreaded. They We were dreading. They're exactly in the spot we were dreading, which is they're a game and a half out of the play-in, they're a game and a half out of a top six, top seven pick. So it's literally at a crossroads right now where the Kings need to figure it out. Do they do they just go for it and tre- keep trying to win? Do they start pulling players? Do they do what the, the Thunder did? and Do they rest De'Aaron Fox? Do they have a phantom injury for someone like Rashawn Holmes or Tyrese? I mean, what what is, what is the plan? Because if they keep doing this, they're going to end up exactly in the spot they were last year, which is... Several ga- several games on the outside of the playoff picture, and several games on the outside of the top ten of a draft pick. And that's the exact place you don't want to be in any sport. Is you know drifting in between of, of being a playoff. I mean, it's where the Kings have been pretty much for what the past ten, fifteen years of just you know getting the seven to ten pick in the draft, and you know we we know what's there and we know what the problem is i mean we know what the kings do with those picks and uh it's not beneficial i'm, just, I'm look there's so many games left so I'm, I'm looking at the schedule and there's just it's i'm so used to it being april where it's april 6th and we mm-hmm. have three games left they have they have a quarter of a season left yeah. i cannot believe that they have a quarter of their season left and uh the schedule it, it doesn't get much easier going ahead. It, it really doesn't. They they played. It doesn't, but also there is a lot of beatable teams. I mean, I'm looking but right we now. We played like four beatable teams in a row. You're we not. Lost wrong. All of you them. are completely not wrong, and I think that's the biggest problem with the Kings is again, like they just don't. <laughs> they don't want to make things easy for themselves. Like they can't beat the teams that they should be absolutely destroying. I mean, you mentioned the Lakers without AD and, and Braun, and then. The next night, granted, it's a back-to-back, but uh, I th- the Bucks were also on a back-to-back without Giannis, and then to allow Drew Holiday his season high, tw- I think it was twenty-eight and ten. Brooke Lopez he had thirty, comes- and then he got a four-year extension yeah. the next morning. Brooke Lopez comes in, gives us twenty-four or twenty-six or something like that. That's his season high, and then it- it's it's night after night of just showing up and getting railed, and it's like there's no. There's no nothing positive to take. Like we can't. We want to come in here and be like, man, like 
they lost to the Bucks, who are the best team in the East, but you know, they showed that they're able to, you know, go head to head. I think that the whole game they were playing catch up and really didn't deserve they to were, be that close. It, it and they it wasn't that close. No, it, it, they I lost mean, by Terrence, one, yeah. but Terrence Davis hit that three at the at yeah. the buzzer, which to the dismay of anyone who took who took boy, the boy uh, oh boy kings it was two and a half i think yeah. it was yeah with with the uh with Giannis. whoever took out. the bucks minus two and a half they were probably very upset oh, i'm just uh, waiting for that to happen i mean not that i would ever bet on a game that your I'm friend does at, but yeah i if i you know if i were ever at a game and and uh something like that happened happened and i got a bad beat like that i could not imagine how i, was I would a, react i was at a game years ago it was denver and the kings and i think who hit a three at the buzzer and it it, it the Kings lost by seven, and my buddy took uh, someone else, took them the Nuggets. Plus, I can't remember who hit the three, but, I mean, yeah, he was having a great time. But <laughs> it, obviously last the that Bucks game, I'm sure a lot of people were very, very upset. Um, but it, it, it's just, it's two steps forward, three steps back, one step forward, two steps back, however you want to you know, put that analogy. Yeah, but totally uh, in our case, it's five steps forward. So far, it's four steps back. How many more steps are we going to take back because – the Pistons come into town on Thursday. The Kings get two nights off. Uh, they just lost to the worst team in the West. Now, if you lose to the worst team in the East in Detroit, that's a problem. That's a problem, and it, it just kind of puts it in because after that, it doesn't get any easier. You have, U, you have Utah, who is the best team in the league right now, and then New Orleans, who they're a crapshoot, kind of like the Kings are. You don't know what they're going to bring you on any on a nightly basis, but uh, there's no reason for me to look at the schedule anymore and say it's a favorable or unfavorable schedule because with this team, you just do not know. It's just we don't know. And it's tough to see how that's going to change. And it's tough to see how many directions are going to come from this team because we still don't know. What this we, we know this team is bad, but we, we just don't know what to expect on a nightly basis because, again, they just lost four games in a row that they should have won. After, after winning five games, it just... I can't. I don't know if there's another team in the league that plays like this, that does these kind of runs, that uh, has their fan base feeling this way, where you win five in a row and lose four in a row. Is there any other team in the league that does this kind of Not that activity? I can think of, especially not this season. Um, I mean, because normally if you're going to lose nine in a row, you're a bad team. I mean, <laughs> you saw what happened with Houston. They lost, what was it, 20 in a row? Uh, if you're bad, you're bad. And, it's, you and the Kings are bad. You usually don't figure things out and turn it around and then – Especially, you know, and then do it again, you know, figure, figure out how to win five more games in a row and then all of a sudden forget. And I think a little bit, I, I, I shouldn't say a little bit, I don't know what percentage of it has to do with this, but I think the fact that, you know, they just got this, what, three rotation players. We've seen Mo Harkless uh, get some good minutes. Terrence Davis has gotten some good minutes and DeLon Wright. Uh, I think it's tough to just you know throw those guys in there, integrate them. Also, Hassan Whiteside's missed a lot of time, so pretty much their whole bench rotation is completely new and learning how to you know adjust with playing with guys who have been there all season. And it it I think it's tough when they're guards, especially too, because the Kings have been so guard reliant on De'Aaron and Halliburton um, that you know those guys just coming in and figuring out how their games is going to fit with the other four guys who are on the court. I just think it's tough, and, you know, that's going to lead to some losses. Should it lead to these kind of losses? Probably, definitely not. But I, I think it has something to do with it. Also, but I think I, I, last night especially, I remember seeing there was, uh, there was a point in the game where all new guys were on the court, and I think it was all new guys in Halliburton. They usually have, like, Ty- and it's one like, Tyrese or De'Aaron, and but then, then it's guys. like, that's... <laughs> 
I mean, Tyrese has been great, and he's you know very smart player, but it's putting an awful lot of pressure on a rookie to orchestrate a bunch of guys who have never been in this offense before. I don't know. So that that is also a thing too. You know, we're we're in, you know we we mentioned uh, Monty earlier and how this could be some of his fault. I think you know Kings fans are always very quick to mention uh, where Coach Luke Walton deserves some blame as well. I think. You know the 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 team is is not not playing well at all, and uh, they're more talented than they were no. at the beginning half and, of the season. So uh, someone's got to answer for that as well. And just one note I wanted to make about the last four four games: they've been getting killed on the glass the last four games. Absolutely just, murdered. They have, they have no one. It all started with no Jakob Purtle, who just oh my, oh my goodness. goodness, and Eubanks, like, yeah, and you, good lord. And, and then Brook, I mean, Brook Lopez didn't necessarily have a great rebounding night, but no. just. They don't have Rashawn can't play defense and rebound in the middle on his own. The Kings need some help, and that's why they had they brought in Hassan Whiteside. And as we all know, Hassan Whiteside has not been that guy this year. He has not been a stopper. He has not been anything really. Uh, but a big body. But a big body, and, and, and he uses it to his credit for some of his minutes. Sometimes he but throws it around. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes the definitely. Kings don't have that presence off the bench. They they can bring in and just say, okay, go get, go get stops and go get boards and. Uh, like last night, Harrison Barnes had twelve rebounds. Rashawn had a down night, but the next closest king had seven. Re- it just we don't have anyone else yeah, to very, help rebound. That's interesting. I'm curious why uh, Chris Silva isn't getting minutes. The guy who they traded yeah. for with Mo Harkless, because that's kind of his game is very much like a hustle energy guy who's going to give you a lot of rebounds and a lot of effort defensively. And Chemezi lot, as well. Well, yeah. a lot of people are, were bringing up Chemezi. How if if Chemezi. Chemezi is light, Hassan. man. I mean, like he can't I love re- he some Chemezi met, met too, but he can't he can't bang with people. He doesn't rebound. I I can look at his game log, but I don't think he has a game where he even has eight rebounds. Like the the most game rebounds he's had in a game this season. Well, it's eight exactly. That was a good guess for me. Big kudos to me. <laughs> good job. Uh, that was eight minutes though, and, and that was in that Clippers game where the Kings lost by forty. Other than that, in games he's been a part of the rotation, he's gotten four, four, three, five, two, three, zero. It, he doesn't rebound. The Kings need a guy who's going to be seven, eight boards, and that might seem like a lot, a lot to ask for, but it's really not. There are guys in the league that can go out well, there and I get you seven, White eight Side's rebounds. Averaging eight and six right now, not that you know, but rebounds come differently. He hasn't he, played. He gets a lot of rebounds that come he, to him. He missed most of those games over that five-game winning streak and four-game losing streak. Yes, though, he but he uh, the rebounding has been better since Whiteside came back. He did help out a little bit last night, but. Uh, as as good as the bench has gotten since that trade, and and I do feel good about the bench. The bench has not been that much of an issue to me. Mm-mm. It's been the defensive, the it's the defensive schemes, the defensive rotations, all that from the entire team. That's not the bench's fault. It's the whole team's fault. But uh, I feel good about that bench this year and next year if they can build around it. They just need to get a big in there. And if it, it brings up the question of, in which we could see if the Kings are still in that race in a week or two from now, if Marvin Bagley comes back. There's your guy that can get you rebounds off the bench. I know. That's your guy that can come in and get you 10 boards right there. And a lot of people might not might like to hear that, but point is, if the Kings are still sniffing around that playing spot come April 20th, April 25th, they're going to put Bagley out there and he's going to get you some rebounds. And it, it might not be pretty and it might not be what Kings fans want, but say what you want about Marvin Bagley, he can rebound. I love that role for Marvin personally. I think if he's coming off the bench, he is solely focused on what he's in there to do, and that is get as many points as possible with the few minutes he's going to get and essentially fill the stat sheet as much as he can because he knows just as well as anybody that if you're going to, you know, I think at this point everybody, the whole party can accept 
all parties can accept that it's it's best if Marvin moves on. That's not going to happen unless Marvin ups his value. And uh, he knows that the only way of doing that is putting up numbers. And I think if he comes off the bench, much like what we saw with Buddy Heald, you simplify someone's role, it, they look a lot better. And, you know, you can – it's really what they should have done with him from the start is just try and bring him along slowly. Yeah, and he might work better in a system like the bench where he is the focal point of the offense and he doesn't have to worry about De'Aaron or or Harrison or Buddy wanting to get shots. If, if he's in that bench unit with DeLon Wright and – Terrence Davis, which Terrence Davis will take a lot of shots. I mean, he's kind of shot happy, but um, Marvin's the focal point of that yeah. unit on the, on the offensive end, too. They probably feed him in the post more. And uh, Marvin, again, was having a good season before he got hurt. A lot of people are being hard on him because he got hurt but and because of the off-the-court stuff with his dad, but... Uh, Marvin's a bucket, man. Don't get it. If there's anything Marvin Bagley can do, it's put the ball in the hole, and that's he. that's what he knows how to do. I don't think that was ever going to be a problem with him. Like, he, he, he can... Walk out tomorrow and get fourteen points a game, fourteen yeah. to sixteen a game. Yeah, I mean, he, fourteen points per game, seven point four rebounds, and he's shooting fifty percent from the field, thirty five percent from the three point line. I I just don't know how Kings fans can get on for that. I know his defense isn't great, but like newsflash, the whole team can't play defense. It's not just Marvin. It's not just it's not just yeah. De'Aaron. It's not just Tyree. It's the whole entire team. It, there's a reason why the team is the statistically like it's the worst. Defensive team in the history of that the Kings. That doesn't happen because it's of one not, player. It's yeah. not one or player's fault. Or even two. Fault. You know, I think a lot of people would say it's Marvin and Buddy. Those are the reasons why we're bad at defense. And yeah, they're bad at defense. How many times? I mean, again, though, like we've talked about, you know, Darren. Honestly, he's supposed to be a defensive stopper, and I'm sure it's. I mean, when your team's the worst in defense, and, and you know, it, it, you can use that as as your defense as well. When your team's the worst in in NBA history, it's tough to. Try and you know stand above all of he that. He had a tough time. Great. With, he had a tough time with Drew because Drew exactly. Holiday. He, I mean, he used that weight, saying, man. Drew like, Holiday's built, man. He used that weight, and and I know people say that guards about are going to go off, but man, like you put, can't you can't post, allow that. I've never seen a guard post up as much in a game. Like he he just went into the post. We see it with Kyle Lowry, but uh, Drew went into the post, man. He he attacked De'Aaron, and and I know De'Aaron's been working on, on lifting weights, and he's done a good job of it, but. Uh, Drew Holiday's thirty years old and he's an NBA body. He's been doing this for for a decade plus, and and De'Aaron's gonna, you know, that could be De'Aaron someday too. But you see how this team is still growing, and players like De'Aaron still have a ways to go before they're, um, you know, able to go with the biggest and the, and the baddest of those those guards. Yeah, and I'm I'm not at all trying to make this a De'Aaron Fox, you know, roast session at all because Lord knows without him we are oh, absolutely him, nothing. Kings lose. 20 straight like the Rockets if De'Aaron's but not But besides chase down blocks, how often do you really see De'Aaron utilize his speed defensively? I, I don't. I see it's, him. it's something that like people criticize Zion for all the time. It's like Zion has all these ridiculous dunks, and we know he can jump out the gym, but then defensively that athleticism is apparently worthless. I mean, he, he doesn't stop anybody. So it's interesting to me that De'Aaron Fox is – I mean, we see it on a nightly basis. He's Wait, the fastest guy in the league, he, but he um, really sometimes struggles to he, keep guys in front of him. He picks up steals, but not by on-ball defense Most in most that cases. That Allen Iverson stuff where he, he usually risks he, it all for the steal. Yeah. Usually he breaks up passes, and that's how he picks up his steals. He breaks up passes, and then he gets those fast-break uh, buckets. But uh, I, I've been seeing him getting beaten off the dribble a little more lately, and, and I'm not sure. I mean, again, I'm— I, I'm not a, a basketball mind or a, a genius or anything. I just it's just what I'm seeing, and um, I just I'm, I'm seeing guards get by him a little easier than I than I would like, and that might be something he has to work on. And again, it's not just De'Aaron. Like we said, we don't want to 
dump on De'Aaron. It's the whole team. The whole team is very bad defensively. I think I think Tyrese is probably the best defender on the team, and he's a rookie. So that's kind of tells you what you need to know about how how much this team needs to work on defense in the offseason. And might be a good transition into this next topic, but the the main reason people are are pinning this pretty much the whole season, the whole rough stretch is on Luke Walton. And if if he has any blame, and like, yeah, damn straight he has some blame. How much blame is all how much blame is on him though? And and people want him to be fired today and it's just kinda I'm at the point where would I like to see a coaching change? Sure. I, I think the Kings could use a a bunch of, of of changes and a bunch of new new looks for next year, but is he signed a four year deal with, with Vladi when Vladi signed his extension uh in the off season of twenty nineteen and Luke Walton's under contract for this year and two more seasons after this. So my guess is he doesn't get fired this offseason. I'm just wondering what do you, what do you think the team is planning for him long term? Because don't you think that they would fire him if they wanted to? But also they don't want to pay two head coaches at the same time again, and they don't want to pay Luke Walton for three more years. I think that last thing you said is kind of it. I think they have made it pretty public that they weren't a fan of paying multiple head coaches at the same time. I think there was a point where they were paying uh, George Carl, Ty Corbin, and uh, – uh, Dave Yeager, George Carl, Dave Yeager, and Corbin. Yeah, th- I th- they were paying three coaches they at were, once. Point is, they were paying they were they were, uh, they were paying George Carl into the Golden One Center. Like, yeah, two years in the Golden One Center, which will tell you what you need to know about. Yeah, so I think the Kings have made it pretty pretty adamant, or are pretty adamant about it that they don't want to be in that kind of situation again. However, it's kind of I don't. I mean. It's tough. I, I, I was going to say it's almost malpractice to just keep Luke around for the sake of just because you already spent the money on him. Well, uh, if you're trying to be a legitimate organization and you are trying to sell people on the fact that you're not trying to, I, I mean, essentially not win. I mean, if you if Luke Walton's your head coach, from what we have seen, which is what you know fans go off of, and you know you can you can talk about how great of a mind Luke is all the all you want but that's just not that's not going to do it for the fans at this point um you need to move on from Well we know that they have Alvin Gentry and he's a very respected coach he's been working every year for the last 30 years which uh on the old man the three podcast yeah. with did you listen to that one with Tyrese I did. Yeah I mean they were they, Tyrese is talking about how much the players like him and how how great he is with, with the guys and everything and uh Alvin Gentry's he he's been around man he, he People know and respect him, and the Kings didn't bring him in just to be an assistant for a couple of years and give him the boot, in my opinion, uh, whenever they get Walton out of there. Uh, I, I just think Gentry or, or Rex, you know, Rex is plenty, yeah. he, he's a guy that could be in there too, but there's there's no way Luke Walton, in my opinion, finishes out his contract. That That's a given. No, there's and, no, the, yeah. And a lot of the blame on this season does fall on him, for sure. He's not abstained from, from anything. It's just... I try not to focus on that too much because I know it's something that's not going to change. Yeah, that's. Yep. I just think the team is more open to let's open up the 2021-22 season next season, and that getting him getting through one season of paying someone one and a half seasons is better than paying some paying for a contract for some for two full years that is not even around. And I think I think they're going to open up next season with Luke, and then they might fire him at the All Star break or halfway through if the Kings aren't where they want them to be. And then that's when you see a Gentry or, or Rex move in. But that's just my thought process. I don't know how you feel about that. The way that I see it, 
or the way I see the King seeing the situation is at the beginning of this season, it was kind of gravy. Whatever the Kings did, they weren't going to blame Luke. That was clear. They didn't fire him at the break. They were ne- they had no intention clearly of firing him. Um, I think Monty knew that the roster that he had coming into the season wasn't a winning one or wasn't one that you know was putting a coach in the uh, in the perfect situation to succeed. I think the thing that could end up being the the proverbial death of Luke um, is if they suck the rest of this season. I mean, if they continue to just be this, I mean, not even up and down, but mainly down team for the rest of the season, I, I just don't see how you can justify bringing him back. I think the noise from the fan base will be shouting. I mean, if they, whatever... The the pressure that was on Luke earlier in this year was it got to a point where I mean I remember, you know Jason Ross was telling us like Luke is going to be on the show at four thirty and I was like are we sure he's going to have a job at four <laughs> thirty? Uh, it was it was real. I mean I think the pressure was there and and it felt like one of those kind of any day now you're going to hear that he got fired. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought with that one, but I think the point is like I think unless he really I think Monty views his his deadline moves as okay. You at least have like this is a, a play-in seed ro- like roster. You know, like this can get you if you're a good coach, quote unquote. You can get this team to a playoff seed or at least like fighting in there. And I think if they stay in that fight, Luke is probably going to stay for next year and play out the situation that you just laid out. But I just can't see if this team ends up body- bottoming out if. You know what they have twenty. Let's say they have twenty five. I don't know how many games they have left. Twenty one games. Twenty one games left. If they lose 15, 14 of those games, like I think Luke's gone. Like I, I just I, they have. No, I agree. I, I we were looking. I was looking I at the schedule that. earlier, and they have a couple winnable. You know, they have a back to back against Minnesota. I think they have three games left against OKC. OKC. Uh, you know, they've Detroit. They've, Detroit. They've got some winnable games there. It's not like. You definitely mentioned it earlier. It's not. It's definitely not an easy stretch. They've got, I think, two games against Utah. They have another Laker game. No, it, they've it, got a, two Dallas games. I think it's, it's not, not easy. It's not but, like they're five out with yeah. with ten games. They're they're a game and a half out with a quarter twenty one games, a quarter of a season left. So it's just, I would have loved to have, have not lost four in a row right now. I think <laughs> Kings fans would be talking yeah. a lot different right now if the Kings had lost two straight and then then won a game or so to break it up, and they were still like a half game out. I think things would be a lot different, but they're just they, they spiral. They spiral so fast, and and it looks bad. I mean, that's there's a difference between you know just losing games, squeaking them out, but then you know say what you will about it's tough to beat San Antonio back to back games. Like they just they got killed. Like there yeah. was no chance they were going to beat San Antonio. That Laker game, very easy winnable game. They didn't stand a chance. It was bad from the beginning. The Bucks they allowed them to dictate that game, and then last night Jeez, uh, yeah. it was. Ugly. Just, it was just yeah. I mean, last it was, it was embar- that was yeah. an embarrassing one because it, it, the there was no sense of urgency. There was no. It just seems like they're not even trying sometimes. And it, I know that kind of isn't the. It's not the case. I know it definitely isn't the case. But uh, it, just, it just seems like that they have no pep in their step. And um, again, just to close with the Walton stuff, that does fall on Luke. It absolutely does. And and a lot of people they comment on my tweets about Luke Walton or whatever and it's like you know I'm not going to give it I, I can't I'm going to focus on the task at hand here like th- that's going to be an off-season topic I can't see that happening right now I just don't see the team making a move right now they've been adamant they're not going to 
it's frustrating for sure. But this offseason, yeah, we'll see what the Kings are doing. We'll, we'll check the rumor mill. We'll, we'll see what they're what they're thinking and uh, see how the final 21 games play out. Because like you said, Chris, the final 21 games could be telling about if the Kings do want to bring Luke back for next season or if they lose another nine, if they have another nine game losing streak, maybe they move on from him sooner. So, uh, yeah, playing bad, frustrating. Not fans great. are sad. Fans are angry, numb, however you want to deal with it. Uh, personally, I, I feel okay. Um, watching some baseball, trying to keep my head busy, my mind busy with stuff uh, that is not the Kings. And, um, you know, everyone's going to be watching on Thursday anyway. So that's pretty much where we are right now. I feel bad, very bad for all those uh, Oakland A's, Sacramento Kings fans. Yeah, I mean, cannot, our station, cannot catch man. a break right now. Our station, <laughs> the teams our station covers, the Kings. Even the Sharks, yeah. Even the, yeah, the, the week that the that baseball season starts, it seemed like things were looking up. Kings have won five straight, and the A's had opening day. Here we are a week later, and just... A's 0-5, Kings 0-4 since. It, it's, it's just not looking, not looking too good. But uh, to close out on uh, the, the team talk before we move into our awards for the week... Um, I'm just wondering, what do you expect over? Like, what do you personally expect over the last 21 games? Are you are you expecting the Kings have a change of approach? You think that they start resting some guys and they start kind of focusing on playing the the Kyle guys and the Justin James and and the Chemezi Metus and maybe they 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 wave or buy out Hassan Whiteside and bring in another 10 day? Do you think that they go to as much of a tank version as they can go over the last 21 games, or do you think that they like it's impossible to kind of do that because of the talent they have in the roster right now. I think I'm looking at the schedule right now too just I mean we know that there's no there is literally no point in looking ahead at the schedule and trying to project exact results because like we've said throughout this whole episode like they're just not there's no consistency with the team. You can't predict what they're going to be like in 2 weeks in a week. Um with that with all that said I I'm still pretty optimistic. I mean, not in the sense of like I think the Kings are going to be a seven seed or anything like that, but I think they're really going to try and uh, and get this get this play in seed, this ten seed, whatever it is, the nine, whatever they end up uh, end up at. I think they're really going to go full tilt for it, just because at this point they've kind of dug their heels in the sand and made it the position that they took and. I just think it would be tough for them. And it would have to go like extremely bad for them to eventually get to the point where De'Aaron Fox is sitting by the end of this month or something like that um, with a phantom injury. I I don't know. And with the, with the way it is now, I mean, what? We've lost four straight and we're a game back of the plan. I yeah. just don't think this season, the way the season's going to play out, I don't think the Kings are going to be allowed to really take their foot off the gas. I think that that little carrot that is the 10 seed is that play in tournament is just going to dangle over the organization for the whole season and they're just going to continue to chase well, it until they're mathematically eliminated. I, the way I see it is they they and it, it might maybe you don't agree with me but they have too much talent on the roster to to fully fall out and and lose they're they're, they're not going to lose take, nine straight. If De'Aaron is out, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if De'Aaron's I, out, they, I think if De'Aaron misses done. more than four games, like the season's over. Yeah, and, and, and knock on wood, I know that they have little elements, but he seems the most healthy I've seen him in his career this season. He's only missed one game, uh, which people try to have that narrative that he he's, he's injury prone. I mean, he's missed he's, one game. He's only getting better too. I mean, his, yeah. it's not like he's 
seemingly getting tired from you know putting the team on his back all season. His month of March was his best month yet We're, by far. Now, if you look at his his box score and just kind of like a tease, like as far as King of the Week goes, I have a little, little twist to mine. But he's going to be my player King of the Week. I have a twist to it though. Oh. I'm going to have two King of the Weeks. Oh, um, but my in a week where the Kings are zero and four, Frankie is giving out two. But we'll get to King that in a minute. We're not, we're not to awards yet. I just want to give a little, a little tease to that. Just a little, a little okay. nugget, a little nugget right there. But if you look at his box scores. I looked at uh, Demarcus's from I think twenty fourteen fifteen, and but you look at the Aaron's, it might be besides that Demarcus season where he was posting like 30, 30 20 yeah. triple doubles. Uh, this is the most impressive just piece of work of a season I've, I've seen a Kings player put out. He's averaging again. He's averaging twenty five points per game right now and seven mm-hmm. assists. Uh, let's look at his box score. Just. 44, 37, 30, 24, 27, 30. It's just how often do you see a player do that? And like you said it, they're just to kind of close on that point. If that player is still playing in games, no, the Kings are not going to be a, they're not going to fall to a top five, top six pick, in my opinion, because De'Aaron does everything in his power. He did it last night too. When the, the game seemed over again and De'Aaron was converting and ones and he cut the game to a four point lead, I think, with a three pointer. Uh, with about a minute and a half left, and he just refuses to lose. He does all he can to refuse, and um, you know he doesn't get that much help around him. But as long as he's playing and he's in a jersey and he's active, the Kings are not going to be a top, a, a bottom five team, in my opinion. And that's kind of where I think this is going. I think the Kings are going to go for that plan. As long as all these guys are on the roster and they're healthy, um, if they lose three more in a row right now and they they push that streak to seven, maybe we do see Monty buy out Hassan. Maybe we see Monty. Uh, Maybe they do a phantom injury for somebody. I'm not. I'm not really sure, but um, I, I I just can't see them with a game and a half gap between them and, and the ten spot and 21 games left. I just things are bad, but I just think the front office is more focused on seeing these guys keep playing together. Yeah. I 100% agree. I don't. I just don't think that they're going to get into the mentality of like, yeah, like forget it. Like this season's a wash. I think they've for whatever reason, emotionally invested quite a bit into... The, I think... I shouldn't say quite a bit. I think they are more emotionally invested than they intended to be at the start of the season. I think at the start of the season, it was just kind of going to kind of be like, well, we'll just see how the season plays out, and then we'll just lean that way. And then, like we've been talking about, the season kind of went up, went down, and they just at no point knew which way they were going to lean until... They just eventually yeah. made, and, and, <laughs> they kind and, of just made a neutral decision at the deadline. And the bench has even gotten better. I know they've been losing games, but uh Thawne Wright and, and Terrence Davis and even Mo Harkless, they they've been We putting, haven't seen that kind of performance no. from anyone from the bench this season. I yep. mean the the Terrence Davis game against uh Milwaukee, we haven't really had any bench players come in and do that. I think DeLon has been, you know DeLon hasn't been anything great and I think he's honestly played about as poorly but, as he could. But even then, I think yeah. he's shown he's that he's a very solid player. Well, with Monty saying they were value moves for the future, DeLon Wright's under contract for next year. He's a guy the Kings are going to definitely enjoy having on the roster. And he's also a guy where if De'Aaron Fox or, or Tyrese go down, he's a guy who can be in the starting lineup for sure. He um, he looked really good against San Antonio. He looked really good, um, I think, against the Lakers. I can't remember which game it was. But um, he's looked good. And I, I'm happy with even... Uh, Terrence Davis is on the floor product. I know we talked about uh, before we recorded how uh, we definitely do not stand for his off the court actions. I think I don't think anybody does. What happened was pretty horrific, and um, that's something that people have to kind of take for themselves. And 
and form their opinions on. But I mean, we don't stand for it, and and we can only break down what he does as a player, um, as a person. That's that's you know up for us to decide on our own. But um, as a player, he's a guy the Kings seems like are going to want to keep around. Uh, I think that he is a restricted free agent, making one million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. and he can light it up when he's on, and hopefully he can work on his off-the-court stuff because as a player, he does seem like he's a guy the Kings could use off the bench. He's, yeah. he's kind of got that Buddy Heald um, kind of type of – type yeah. of. Not he's not Buddy Heald by any means, but um, when he's on, he's really he's hard to stop. He's a similar role. I mean, I think he, he definitely likes to shoot the ball, and uh, he's – Definitely shown that he likes to try and you know run the pick and roll mm-hmm. a little bit more than he probably yeah should. he he dribbles a little too much and that's something they're gonna have to work on and he does kind of get a little little uh, you know he gets a little shot happy as well but uh, Harkless is an expiring contract it's just as far as the bench goes bringing in those two guys as far as Davis and, and Wright goes those are significant upgrades in my in my book and um, I saw Raptors fans say it all over social media that that. that uh, the Kings fleeced the Raptors in that deal, and and because they they liked Wright a lot, or not Wright uh, Davis a lot, yeah. but um, the bench has gotten better. So that's that's for the future. That's a, that's a positive. Harkless probably won't be here again. They'll have to upgrade on the bench. Um, but yeah, feel good about the bench. You uh, you mentioned when you were talking about De'Aaron Fox that this is probably the best collection of work that you you have seen from a Kings player, and it got me thinking. I mean, since Demarcus. Um, so it got me looking at some C-Web stats and, uh, just like, I, I assume that's probably the last King besides DeMarcus to put pre, up numbers. Pre knee injury, I'm yeah. guessing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and in his 2000, 2001 season here, which was, uh, his best as a King, 27.1 points a game, 11.1 rebounds, 4.2 assists, 1.3 steals and 1.7 blocks a game. Yeah. I mean, Chris we- Weber, man. Weber was... Man, he was the guy. He really was the guy at that 27.1 yet. What a year, man. What a year. And uh, after that, even, he was hurt a little bit in 0102, but 24 and a half and 10 boards, it's just the guy was an animal. Then you can see the drop off where he got hurt in 04 and um, 03, 04. But um, that's that's literally that's the Rushmore right now as far as best seasons from a king. In the, so 2000, Weber, if we want DeMarcus, to use this, this millennium. Starting at 2000, I mean, yeah, it's it's Weber. Um, maybe maybe you want to pull up Kevin Martin. Maybe Kevin Martin had a 24, 25 point a game season. Maybe uh, that 24 would be my guess for his high end. Kmart, Cuz, and now De'Aaron Fox. I think I think his. Yeah. Def- I mean, Fox is for sure. He he's on that rush. Kmart averaged uh, 24.6 points per game. He missed 30 games, but he averaged 24.6. Uh, and then the year before that, he played in 61 games, 23.7, and he just shot 40% from three-point line. I mean, yeah. So as far as the best statistical seasons by King, uh, also give Tyreek some love, too, with what he did during his rookie season, of course. Sure. Um, but as far as from getting buckets, I think it's it's Kevin Martin, Chris Webber, DeMarcus, and, and De'Aaron. And De'Aaron, we'll have to see how many points he scores over 72 games. He might even score—I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how many games Webber played that, that season, but— as far as how many points scored in a season, we'll have to see where De'Aaron finishes over a 72-game span because if it was 82 games, I'd imagine it'd be close to breaking a single-season uh, single season record because I know Mitch put up some seasons too back Weber in the day. Weber played 70 in that 2000 season. I know that Mitch so. put up some seasons uh, too. Mitch Richmond, sure. his best season as a king, 25.9. So that's, that's a great – over 81 games. So that, that probably might be the, se- the, uh, 
that might be the record for most points in a season for a Kings. Uh, 2095. I don't know if Boogie ever pulled 2,000 points in a season. You think? That's interesting. Um, Last, let me look at that stat, and then we'll move on to awards. Um, maybe. I mean, he the dude would put up no. some crazy numbers. How close did he get? 1942. So it's for reference, and De'Aaron right now, just to close on this, as far as best, you know, most points in a season by a Sacramento King, De'Aaron right now with 21 games left, he's not going to get there. He has... Uh, Twelve thirty-one. Oh no, he's he's far off, man. Mitch, so we'll put Mitch up there, I guess. Well, I was bookmarking two thousand, two thousands. Yeah, I guess for two. As far as King scorers go, right now, it's got to be Mitch, uh, Weber. I mean, Sacramento era. It's just like Reggie Theus got buckets too a little bit, but I was pa- Pasia. Ninety-five is at least where I got to start because I, I mean, I just wasn't born. So, well, we yeah, was, yeah, we were we were just little. Little babies watching the Kings be bad then, and then then we had a nice little <laughs> yep. little spurt. When we were like seven or six, and then they're bad again, and we're in our mid twenties. So, um, anyways, uh, to close on all this before we get to awards and wrap up the pod, Kings play Thursday. We'll see what happens, and just like the rest of you guys, we'll be tuning in, and we'll be uh, we'll see what happens. Yes, sir. Uh, do you want to get to your King of the Week now? Yeah, your, kinda, your double King of the Week. Let's. Well, I mean it. it the De'Aaron stuff we talked about him enough. I just kind of wanted to, you know, there's no one else that's been playing as well as De'Aaron really over the past week. Rashawn's had his moments. Tyrese had a couple couple double doubles, and he's had his moments as well. But uh, De'Aaron still hit 31 points last night. The guy's been uh, incredible. If they picked all-stars at the end of the season versus the middle, I think De'Aaron would be an all-star, hands down. Um, there's maybe even a possibility he can sneak into all-NBA third team. I mean, we'll see how that maybe, works out. Yeah. Um, we'll see at the end of the maybe. year. Probably not, but... He could. He'll I get mean, some votes. It's, it's again. It'll depend on where the Kings finish. He'll get some votes. But my other King of the Week, it might be kind of corny, but it's we'll you. See. It's you. Me? Well, not you. Oh, you listening? <laughs> oh, it's you. Uh, I know you're stressed. I know you're upset. Maybe you're numb. But hey, you're here listening. And uh, the fact that you're listening to a podcast about, I was thinking about how how bad I felt for like people that left to listen to. Uh, in or a Baltimore Orioles podcast or like uh, those old Cleveland Browns teams, like people listen to those podcasts. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Yeah, we will never be as boring as it is in no. these moments. I mean, if you even consider us boring, because you know we're we're premium entertainment. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really I don't know if people fully and not to complain about hey, like we record a podcast, but like. It's really tough, man. No, <laughs> like it's tough. When, it, when the team loses four straight, it's really hard. It's tough. It's tough to come in here and be like, hey, man, especially when we're trying to point, you know, talk about what is exactly going wrong. Hey, man, I'm going to be honest with you. You guys just listened to 42 and a half minutes of us. Yeah. We don't, like, we, we, we're we not watching breaking down film and no. being like, hey, like, if these guys don't start switching on when they're getting double screened up here, like we don't know, we we it's tough. No, we're not. It's real tough. I'm but not a basketball coach. All we can coach. do is come in here, tell you what we're seeing, tell you how we're feeling, and uh, just hope you guys it's, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not easy to. I mean, to to be a Kings fan, it's it's really not an easy thing. And, it's not. Uh, really makes you want to quit. Some or of, some like of you are, a different team. Yeah, and some of you are angry and intense about the situation, and some of you are very nice and and uh, and. And not as intense, and that's fine. But the pain is still there, whether you know it or not. We're all none of, none of us are happy right now with being a Kings fan. It's not, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never switch. I don't know all of you listening. Uh, most of you at least will will 
die on this hill, and uh, we'll get through it. But just wanted to say thanks for listening. I know it's not easy. I like it. I like that King of the Week. Um, I, I'm just going to piggyback on your yeah, might both as well. of them. I like them both. Things are bad. We don't have to. Yeah. I, I, my, I didn't really want to pick him. It's De'Aaron. De'Aaron's been the best yeah. king. The king's been bad. Uh, Coke Machine of the Weeks, though. I, I don't really have. I mean, if I had to put one, I guess it would be the non, even the players. I mean, it's just kind of the Kings. Like, <laughs> the Kings deserve to get the Goat Machine of the yeah. Week. Their performance this week as whole is just like. It's a boring week of awards, but I agree. Y'all it's, can't it's a team. do that. Like, y'all cannot come out and lose to the Spurs it's after the Geico beating commercial. Them. The the guy with the fishing rod, like, gotta be quicker than that. Yep. With the dollar, <laughs> the yep. dollar, gotta be quicker than that. That's like us. We're all going for that dollar right now, and we thought we were going to get it. So I agree, man. Uh, boring week of awards, but I yeah. agree. You know something I do want to talk about? Yeah. I was with um, I was with a mutual friend of ours over the weekend. Trent Van Thompson came uh, came through to town. Shout out Trent. Um, Yuba City, um, I think Rec League. Y'all yeah. play, y'all play yeah. together. We did. We did. We did. You guys we did. were like young, young. We were young, and he was really good. And he uh, said you were nice too. Yeah, he oh he did. Yes. Oh, he had compliments. We were kids. He had compliments. He pulled Trent, the, how are the headband and stuff too. <laughs> he uh, did not pull that out because no. his brother's Chaz, right? Chaz. Yep. Yeah. Shout and out our, Chaz. Chaz was a beast. Shout out, but shout out Vaughn also. Uh, shout out Vaughn as well. But I uh, I do I do remember like he was good and and we had we went to battle. Yeah. Yeah. My b- bigger question for this is, and you know I'll, I'll throw in on this too. Who's your NBA comp? Who is who? Who would you say you play like, oh, and who do you think you play like? All all my friends always like to they like to um who was not not have a check. Uh, they they wow. would they, no <laughs> pistol Pete pistol p- pistol Pete. No, believe like, my, yo, my friends go deep. Your friends are pulling out John. They Havlicek. pull out John. They pull, they pull out. They, that's right, man. They pull out Ando. I was like, Damn. No, they uh, because I always talk about the Celtics and stuff, but they started talking about Pistol Pete just because I couldn't shoot. Well, Pistol Pete could shoot the ball. So you were flashy. Well. So in in uh, grade school they'd say oh Pistol Pete, and then in high school it was Rubio. Because oh wow! I had the oh, long, wow. I had the flippy hair. <laughs> I, that's a big drop off. That's like <laughs> it, it went from it went from one of the best ball handlers slash passers of all time to Ricky Rubio. Yeah, you went from Ray Allen to Ben McLemore. <laughs> exactly. So I would say probably Rubio. Um, that's like the comparison. And when I've you're gotten. playing, are you pass. like, like thinking like, uh, like let me? No. Like, do you feel like you embody? Who do you feel like? When you I was embody? A, when I was a kid, I wanted to be like Larry Bird because my my dad would just show me a bunch of Larry Bird yeah. film. Uh, Interesting. You know, typical Larry Legend. What a very typical like white yeah. person <laughs> house. Just Larry Bird. Hey, but uh, Don't sleep. I, I grew up on the the Larry Bird uh, Magic stuff, and and I really I I loved both of those players, and I kind of was like I want to be a hybrid of of Magic and Bird. Oh, and then man. I stopped, then I stopped growing, and I'm I'm five foot nine and very small. And, yeah, I mean and, that's pretty much what he Trent was like. Yeah, I mean we were all the same height, and like Frankie was Frankie was nice. Yeah. And then I, I stopped growing. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I'd say like I I felt like a I was never a very good scorer, so I, I did kind of feel like like. A, Maravich slash Rubio, like I I dished the ball out. And I, I had fun with making good passes and good looks. But mm. how about you? My dad said that uh, my dad was like my coach for like every sport I ever played, and so he always he he's always got good analysis on these. So I usually go to him for this. He said that like when I was a kid, I really my game was very Carl Malone esque. I mean, I was always Ooh. a bigger kid, bigger body, but like also I was probably like five eight when other kids were like five 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 six. So like. Not other like I wasn't Shaq or anything. Yeah, but Chris and I are not tall. No, we're, definitely we're, I'm, we're, I'm some short kings. I am confidently five ten, five eleven. I don't go six foot. Okay, um, but you know I could throw my body around and like you know I knew what I was doing and 
you know, half of the so battle at that age. Do you do work in the post? I remember, I, we, we never play basketball together. No, we so. haven't. No, and we definitely and we need, we to, need get a, to We need to get a media game going. We need to get a media game going. I need to. I, I know. <laughs> I know. There's a different publication that for sure wants bet, a media I game. James oh. Han, I bet James Ham is nice out there. Stop it. I bet he's nice out Stop there. Stop it. I bet James Ham will be buckets. Come on, James. Bruh. If you're James, listening, James. James. Come on, James. I love you. I come on. I bet James gets buckets. I bet. Well, he, she, I bet hey, he man, there's only one way to settle this. There's only one way to settle this, and that's a media game. I bet Deuce can get buckets. It wouldn't surprise me. I, he probably could shoot. I don't think he has handles. Isn't a, it's a media game? <laughs> we have Doug Christie. <laughs> Doug Christie <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, isn't Jason pretty good? Jason Ross. I heard he's a pretty good athlete. Jason Ross, yeah, I think he's got a yeah. shot. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't, well, seen, I haven't seen him play. Jason Ross is tall, surprisingly I, tall. I've heard Morgan he, Reagan would probably be the best. Morgan Reagan baller. would cross I mean, us well, up. I'm not Kenny. Kenny Caraway. I know he. I know he balls. Kenny Caraway. Yeah, Kenny Caraway could probably ball. Uh, could Damian play? I haven't seen Damian play. I don't know. Damian's got the shoes. He's got the <laughs> shoes. Well, we'll have to get a media game going because yeah, I, I haven't played pickup in yeah. a while. Uh, I'm getting my second vaccine shot Wednesday. Chris I just got, got mine yesterday, last, man. You're not sore? No, my arm hurts, but I'm feeling so good. I'm, I'm getting mine tomorrow morning, so I'm I'm gonna go work out right now and just do arms today yeah. and just get through it. Yeah, I would so- say sorry to bring it all back. I would say like now. Like when I think about how I play, I probably play like Draymond, and that's not sexy at all. But like, I do like to defend. I like to like I'm knock down the occasional but three. Like, I probably should play center because I got a big body. You're gonna jaw the I can referee. Rebound. I, I do. I don't talk stuff, but like I definitely joke around on the court. But I like to keep it light. I but. didn't get in enough in high school to joke with the referee. I was just worried about yeah. not messing up. But uh, no, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. I uh, I like that though. We'd be Carl Malone and and. And, uh, Bro, that's Maravich. a squad right there. I Maravich mean, and Malone. Yeah, I just feed you in the post, man. Come on. I mean, yeah. Uh, if John Stockton would have had a little Pete in him, maybe they would have snuck one. one out. If anyone made it this far, which I'm, it. I doubt it, but uh, let us know. Let us know if you have any NBA comparisons for yourself. Watch that. Everyone's like, uh, I would go compare myself to Michael Jordan. I'd say Michael Jordan's <laughs> a good comparison for me. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, we'll, we'll uh, what's today? Tuesday. We'll try to get back Tuesday. to you guys if anything noteworthy happens with it before. But you know, right now we're doing kind of one a week. Uh, it's a growing thing. Someday, hopefully, we can do it on a more regular basis. Maybe we'll do it a couple times a week. Uh, this offseason, we have a lot of fun stuff planned, a lot of guests. Um, but the task at hand right now is 21 games left. Yep. Let's finish strong. Yep, let's finish strong. Let's try and watch all 21 if we yep. can. Get through it. Get through it, and uh, we'll see where we're at. I think, yeah. I think that's kind of just – it really sucks. It's not fun to say, and it's not fun to live in a lot of uncertainty, but I think at this point, it's kind of where we're at is we just got to – Take it week by week and see where the situation lies for that week. <laughs> Basketball hell, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Basketball welcome. hell. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it for us. Uh, thank you all for listening. Shout out Pfizer. Shout, Shout out, out Pfizer. We're getting stuck tomorrow. <laughs> Shout out uh, our executive producer, <laughs> Jay Mars. Jay Mars, who, who helped, we, us, he helped uh, us out today. Help us Thanks, get some Jay. content for today. Appreciate it, Jay. Um, and that's it. I mean, um, the Kings better do better, please. 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 That's all we ask. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Ciao, Pfizer.